Ladies and gentlemen, biatches of all ages, it's time to turn up your radios for the most entertaining and important podcast you've ever listened to in your entire life. No, I'm not talking about the Ralph Report. I'm talking about Bridget from the East Coast. I'm talking about Aaron from the West Coast. They are the bi-coastal biatches. Ladies, the stage is yours. What do you got for us this week? Aaron, how are you? How the fuck are you tonight? Today, whatever it is. <laughs> it is a day. And I don't mean that in like, oh, I've had a day. I just mean like, it is a day of the week that we are recording. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, You know, I'm good. I'm good. I am drinking out of, just to do a throwback to our listeners, I'm drinking out of the uh, handcrafted $90,000 uh, wood coffee cup that I got at a craft fair right before Christmas. Uh, <laughs> Truly brings me joy. If there's a point Maria Kondo shows up in my house and makes me throw away like coffee mugs, this one will make the cut because <laughs> it, just, it feels nice in my hand. So, well, that's uh, good. I mean, not as nice as some other things feel in my hand, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Or so I recall. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I should have said, I think it's i like other things in my hand better because i don't remember um i will say i am going a la bridget today i am braless i which is not you know that's not my thing i don't wear like a bra i'm not a monster no one's trying to wear (laughs) underwire around the house but i do prefer the firm cup uh, Mm -hmm. or the the gentle hug of a a light cotton sports bra like one Mm -hmm. of those like old-timey hanes kind right and today i was like fuck it i'm just gonna like Live that free titty life. It's nice every so often, isn't it? it? Well, it's not as cold here as it usually is. So I wasn't afraid that I was going to like chisel my nipple off when I bumped into something at my house. And that's really what fueled it. It's in like the it's in the 50s here today, which is like basically summer. It's I fucking been, hate you. It's been so cold here. It's been unseasonably cold for this area. <laughs> and so the fact that it's like all the way up in the 50s today, I was like, holy what the fuck? It's, we're going to break 50. <laughs> yeah, no, you guys are, you guys are much we're worse. Fucked. Yeah. I fucking hate the Northeast. We had an ice storm on Friday, basically. And the banks closed early because of the storm, because it was that bad. And I, that was Friday all day yesterday and all day today were bright and sunny cold but bright and sunny there are cars in the parking lot that are who obviously haven't left their spot who still have a sheet of ice on underneath the cars icicles hanging down from them their windows are still iced over i mean i think it got up to like a a warm 24 today so yeah woohoo i'm like my fucking nipples are gonna pop off any second and it doesn't help with the freaking steel bars and in them (laughs) yeah that doesn't that doesn't help. I'm certain that doesn't help. Uh, no, it does not. Because it gets fucking cold. <laughs> yeah. I recorded with Aaron the other day and mm-hmm. he was like, I was, he said, he was so excited. So our friend Stevie, you probably all know him as Midnight Smoke on Twitter. Uh, but Stevie was going over to Aaron's house because they're working on the uh hundredth episode they're doing a live episode oh, for bfytw nice and so it's just like a shit ton of planning mm-hmm. and he was like i'm so excited stevie's coming over and i just feel like i shouldn't be that excited 
but I haven't left my house in four days. (laughs) (laughs) Buffalo gets fucking cold. That's fucking cold. That's cold as a witch's tit up there. I mean, have you ever seen the pictures of the Niagara Falls frozen over? I mean, they're right up there. I mean, that's fucking sick. So I, I, I'll complain all I want about Connecticut, but sure as hell ain't as bad as where they, those guys are. Although on a positive note, Mm -hmm. if, if Aaron ever decides to get married and and have like a vintage style wedding right there by Niagara Falls, it's there perfect. You go. There you go. Very little travel costs. It I'm would sure, be nice. I'm sure he's thrilled in planning his vintage <laughs> wedding for him at Niagara Falls. <laughs> yeah, you just got to find his vintage wife for him, and all will be well. Yeah. All anyway, will be well. So, what's new with you? Been doing anything recently? Um, honestly, no, I'm just trying to like recover my home because I never mm-hmm. like fully moved in and you know this cause you can see me when we talk, mm-hmm. but, uh, so I've been going through like my craft room and getting through extra, getting rid of extra supplies and stuff. Mm-hmm. I got Christmas fully put away and then I have a storage unit here in the complex. So it finally wasn't raining or snowing long enough post Christmas for me to drag. I this like, it's, it's like you do you have like you have ikea ikea's everywhere right yeah you know those yes. big blue ikea bags that like sturdy yes. like oh those are plastic. great well so i have that but it's called a christmas tree bag i got on amazon mm-hmm. so it's huge fuck you could carry two dead bodies in it it is yeah. the biggest fucking thing in the planet and i shoved all my tiny trees mm-hmm. and my big like i think my tree is like seven foot and i put them mm-hmm. all in there but it's been so wet, I didn't want to go because my units uh, or my storage unit is in the building next to mine. So it's not mm-hmm. far, but like it's far for how heavy that many trees is in one bag. Right. And so I finally got that all put away. All mm-hmm. my ornaments are like wrapped in tissue in those little like nestled ornament things. Oh, those how nice are and organized. Closet. I'm trying to be an adult. It took me to be until I was 41 to want to be an actual fucking adult. <laughs> So I'm trying and I'm trying to organize my craft room. I have like hundreds of vials of paint. I have like Mm -hmm. traditional artist acrylic tubes, but then I also have, um, I just punched my tea kettle. That felt awesome because it's ceramic. Mm. But I also have these like two ounce, like apple barrel kind of paints too. So I'm coming up with like the best storage solution for that, but also ease of use. So like if I'm Mm -hmm. painting and I'm like, oh no. I need olive green. I don't have to like go dig through a bucket, which is what I'm doing now. I have this like massive tub of paint and it's terrible. So that's my life. I, I know you've had more exciting stuff happening. So what's going on with you? Well, you know, the usual work nonsense, which whatever work is work. But I was recently approached by Gemma from uh, the top talking cod swallop podcast why is that so hard for me to say i don't know talking cod swallop i guess because i'm also trying to get rid of my new york accent as i'm saying it which really like why do i bother because you know i I think it's your accent because talking cod swallop is fine for me but if i was going to say talking cod swallop it's nope i'm fine with it actually so (laughs) maybe i'd be better if i said it that way talking cod swallop Cod swallop. Talking cod swallop. I can't get that cod swallop out. I don't know. (laughs) Swallop. 
I mean, I don't have a problem with swallow. I don't know why I have a problem with cod swallow. <laughs> I went a little more Boston on that. I was real close to like, pack your con, have a yard. Oh my God. We had a guy from Boston who worked with us. He just retired. Oh God. The, the, the torture we put that man through. But yeah, Gemma reached out to me. And besides being part of Talking Cod Swallow, um, she also uh, was running the Ralph Report fan page account on Twitter. And, you know, she need um, she's running out of time. You know, she's stressed for time. She's putting in some effort into her um, podcast. So she asked me to take over the running of the Ralph Report fan page account on Twitter. So I officially took over late Friday night. I had a photo session because we decided we were going to do a passing of the baton thing, except I forget what she called it, but you know, the toilet paper rolls, right? <laughs> so like, that's what we were doing, but she called them like a bog or something like that. I don't even <laughs> fucking know. Oh, so you they- Brits. I seriously. So there I am standing in front of my double doors onto my deck, which face out into the building across from me, having my camera sitting on top of the cat tree with the timer set. And I'm going posing for all these different action shots so she could choose the one she wanted. And all I'm like is, please don't let anybody see me do this. I'm like, it was ridiculous. So we passed the torch. How have I not seen this picture? I guess I've been kind of quiet on Twitter this weekend. Yeah, you were pretty quiet on Twitter this weekend. But yeah, so we did this. Yeah, it's it's pretty amusing. I'll send you some of the other. I'll send you some of the outtakes as well. But um, but I did just so you're aware. I did wear the Santa Ralph T-shirt that I had bought from the Ralph Report merchandise page on what is it? T Public. Yeah, I had bought it last year. I said, well, if, you know, we're going to do a passing of the torch picture. I might as well, you know, pimp out the Erin's uh, artwork, which she gets a cut of from that. So why the look hell at, not? Look at I found the picture, everyone. Not uh, that you can see it because, again, it's audio. But <laughs> goddamn, look at that package on that man. <laughs> I don't know how big Ralph's balls are, but if they're bigger than I drew his overall package for that Christmas thing. Still dying to find out. I really, really want to know. Is it weird? Because I feel like I know and respect him. And he's been so gracious to me with my art and stuff. But I kind of want to see his balls. Yeah, I don't think it would bother him. I really don't. I mean, like, let's be realistic. You know, here we are talking about the Ralph report and Ralph Garman. Right. But like, let's be realistic. It's not like he's not open about his sex life. I mean, for fucking Christmas, I sent him an anal hook, you know? Oh my God. You're a better friend than I am. I didn't send him (laughs) anything this year. I usually just buy him a gift in person because I see Mm -hmm. him for New Year's at, you know, pre COVID. Mm -hmm. I would see him every year for New Year's. And so I would just take him a giant fucking bottle or a really high quality bottle of Jack. And mm-hmm. so like this last couple of years, I'm like, Oh wow. Texting like Merry Christmas, motherfucker. Like I, <laughs> I sent like a cocktail glass emoji. Right. But yeah, no, I bought him an anal hook because it was missing one. Yeah. So I was just like texting and, and uh, that was, <laughs> that was hand gestures. You're welcome folks at home. <laughs> Uh, and I just texted and I was like, happy fucking Christmas. And I sent like the little uh, like glass of Jack emoji and was like, nice, low, low maintenance. I, I definitely owe him if we're ever in the same state again around Christmas time or if I just like remember mm-hmm. to be a better human. I owe him like 
two, three Christmas gifts now, probably. I don't know how long has COVID been. Nine years, probably. So 900, something like that. Yeah. No, he was doing on um, one of the Ralph reports on Sex You. He did a display of his toy boxes, which were, I would say, impressive. I mean, there was definitely some overlap between the two, his boxes and what I have in mine. But what I realized is he did not have an anal hook in there. So me being a good person, I researched because I don't own one. I've always been intrigued by them, but I do not currently own one. Notice I use the word currently. Remember, guys, if you go to our Facebook group page, there is a mailing address for me if anybody wants to send me an anal hook. But um, I did the research to find one of the best reviewed anal hooks out there. And I sent that to him for Christmas. And um, it was a heavy fucking box. And I only got the medium size hook. But it's it's impressive. Um, so I just searched anal hook on uh, Amazon, mm-hmm. and I got anything but. That's very interesting. In love fact, honey. Go okay. to lovehoney.com. I don't even. I I was just. I wanted to see what an anal hook looked like. That's not in my toy box. And um, no, but the funny thing is that one of the first things that came up. Well, there's a first thing that came up was an enema nozzle. Mm-hmm. The second thing that came up, neither sex nor body related, is one of those wheels that you use to perforate oh, like wheels. pattern paper. Oh, what? Is it a Wartenberg wheel? You sure? Oh, yeah. No, it is. It's a Wartenberg. Yeah. <laughs> it, I saw the picture and I was like, it looks like when you, because for my pattern making process, mm-hmm. when you're uh, tracing a draped item onto pattern paper. Mm-hmm. There's a tool that looks just like a Wartenberg wheel that you <laughs> roll along. And so my spent way too many thousands and thousands of dollars at fashion school brain was like, what's that have to do with sex? <laughs> that was And then no. here comes Bridget with saying Wartenberg wheel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, the so the the third the third item was an anal hug. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, it's it it's it's interesting. It's definitely something I am intrigued to check out one day. I'm so but, curious now. Yeah, I just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was amusing. So, yeah, so I sent him an anal hook for Christmas. Yeah, it's one of those things when I first started seeing them in videos or photos, I was like, oh, my God, no, no, no. And then, you know, more I've seen them and more I'm like, hmm, I wonder how that is. That looks like it could be fun. But yeah, I'm a little sick anyway in the head. So that might be part of the reason as well. But yes, um, I do not have one. And, you know, if anybody wanted to go to our Bicoastal Biatches group page on Facebook, where you can find our P.O. Box address, which gets delivered to my place, feel free to send me anything you would like. Because, <laughs> yes, I will whore myself out like that. <laughs> And I still don't have a P.O. box, so I guess don't send me free presents. No. Or you could send them to me and I could deal with the shipping and get them out to Aaron. So just don't make it too expensive for the shipping for me because I'm a poor broke bitch. So like don't send me, I don't know, like marble paper paperweights or... Uh, exactly. Well, then again, if things. you put them in certain USPS boxes, they're not too bad. I don't know. 
anyway. So yeah, so that's what I, so anyway, so yes. So somehow taking over the Ralph report fan page. Oh, because we're interested to finding out how big his balls are. So yes, the fact that he has openly discussed, actually he waited until I responded to say it was okay to talk about it on air, what I sent him for Christmas. He talks about his sex life all the time. I really don't think he'd have uh, any concern with us um, being aware of how big his balls are or being curious about it. His sex life is so much more active than ours. I just want you to think about that. I know. I know it's really fucking sad and you know, whatever. Anyway, anyway, speaking of sex life, have you done any more of that online dating shit? Um, yeah. So (laughs) I I was texting with the hot 29 year old for a few days. And then like one night I was painting Mm -hmm. and uh, he was like, we were texting and I sent him a couple pictures He's like, oh, that's dope shit. And I was like, oh, you're 29. That's cute. You talk <laughs> like me because I'm think mm-hmm. I'm 12. So um, he j- we just kind of stopped talking. It just kind of fizzled on its own. Cause just because you're hot doesn't mean I have anything to say to you. Mm. Um, and then I was talking to a guy with face tattoos, which is always a great look for me. Always. Yeah. He's super nice, but like he's, I don't know. I have this weird, I, I have to talk about this now. Mm-hmm. This, I was not going to bring this up ever on the show, but because I don't like myself, mm-hmm. I sometimes get creeped out with people that appear to be like, quote unquote, chubby chasers and, mm-hmm. or that prefer like full figured girls because I right. don't. It's like the fat girl version of being a model I or mm-hmm. a famous person. I don't know how much of you liking me is for me and how much of it is your, like, sexual kink that you just like to fuck fat girls. Right. And so I just never know. And although this guy is pretty smoking hot, he's from another country, which um, I probably is... You know, just the fact that he doesn't have a preference for body style because mm-hmm. really it's it's mostly America mm-hmm. that, uh, well, I guess some of Europe makes you feel like trash for being fat. But in general, mm-hmm. America has a pretty unhealthy concept of body image. Oh, God, yeah. And, um, anyway, so, but I've been talking to him and I was, I was actually talking to my mom about it the other day and I said... Mm-hmm face tattoos and she was like <laughs> what and I showed her to him and, and she was like I mean he's pretty hot and I was like yeah and then I showed my uh, co-worker mm-hmm. this really fun um, like he would have been my best friend kind of gay guy at Disney mm-hmm. just like super hip really chill like and I was like, Tyler, how do we feel about uh, face tattoos? And he's like, all right, let me see it. And so I the, <laughs> the guy's whole dating profile. And he's like, I mean, he's like definitely not bad looking. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I don't feel a spark. This is my thing is that I am better when I am with someone, mm-hmm. not, not in a relationship way. Honestly, I, I, with the invention of sex toys years and years ago, I don't really need a relationship. Mm-hmm. I can pleasure myself. But 
I want that like in-person spark. And that's missing. Online online dating is not I like to bump into someone. I like mm-hmm. I like a good meet cute, I guess, really. Mm-hmm. And so you could be less attractive or you could be less intelligent or you if we bump into each other in person, I'm going to feel that vibe much differently than if I'm just like sitting there just like monotonously swiping left, mm-hmm. right, left, right. There's nothing to really pull me in other than looks. And so then what's happening is you look pleasing to me, but when I text with you for a little bit prior to meeting you for the first time, I realized we have nothing to talk about. Yeah. I don't love it. It's rough. No. I wonder if uh, when COVID gets a little better out here, like speed dating will pick up. I'm honestly like intrigued to try that because even if I wasn't looking to be married or, you know, have that like long-term forever thing, which I still hope I could have truly. Mm-hmm. I, th- I just think I'd be better in that setting because I am, I am better in person than just as a, as a swipeable item as well. Like, yes. No, big- I, I get it. No. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't do well at online dating. Fuck, I just don't do well at dating at all. You hook up, that's a whole different story. Oh, but. shit. I could have fucked any of these losers by now. Right. Yeah. But the problem is they end up being losers when they open mm-hmm. their mouths. And so then I'm like, well, you don't drive because you're afraid to hurt people. Or, you know, you um, <laughs> you live with your mom or mm-hmm. whatever it is, whatever thing you say in the first, like, day or two of knowing you makes me not want to fuck you. Oh, absolutely. No, I get that. I definitely get that. I just, I, you know, one-on-one I have like that. I, I love the idea of speed dating, but I have such a hard time just talking to people that I don't know. I know. Go ahead. Look at me. Like I'm fucking weird because you met me in a very weird situation. So you are such an introvert. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) Cause you did get to see it. Right. When we were uh, out or when I was back East and you were just on your side of the country. (laughs) Yeah. I observed it in action. And every time we went somewhere, I was like, oh my God, here's a sticker. We're by Coastal Piaches. What? Oh, what's up, hot waiter? You married? Like, that's me. And you were like, hey, can I do this show thing? It's fine. And you were so different. And it's just, it's easy for us to be 100% who we would want to be all the time with each other Mm -hmm. because we have this friendship and we have a closeness. Well, if we brought a guest on you had never met before, I don't even know how the show would go. Because I, I don't know if you would, like, talk to them or if you'd be like, hey. I think it would depend. It, it's like, I well, here's the thing. On the show, I am the hostess, as a co-host. Yeah. So I have to be put on. So I have to be on. I have to put myself out there. And it's just like, you know, like the funny thing is when you read um, – Oh God, what the hell is her name? I'm going to have to look it up because I have her book. Um, There's a book and I'm going to look it up about introversion. It was the first time I ever read a book about introversion and like identified, like just truly, I'm like, oh my God, that's me. So she has like this checklist and her name is Susan something or other. And um, like, you know, you might be an introvert, like see her the signs, like are you an introvert? And it was like, check, 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 check. And like, the only thing I did not check off on was a fear of speaking in front of a room. Like ever since I was a little girl, like when I was in kindergarten, 
the teacher came to my parents and said, okay, what kids does Bridget like in the classroom? Because she doesn't talk. So I'm going to move her to the seat next to this person, whoever you tell me she likes. So she may try and talk a little bit. Right. And that's what they did. But like you put me in front of the room to give a report, do a speech, to do a play, whatever. It's like I'm a whole different person because like I have that wall between us and I feel safe and I can put on that show and I'm okay. You know, which is why when we first met, one, I was made to feel very, very comfortable by like everybody. And like, and, you know, my friends were very shocked that I went out and did what I did on my own. Not that I don't do things on my own, because I always do things on my own, but doing something like that. And then coming back with the stories I came back with, they were just like, holy shit, is this the Bridget we know? Um, But it was also sort of like I was in that performance area, like that performance zone, because I had to be Bridget from Long Island. So it was just a a weird thing. But as a co-host on the show, like if you brought somebody on who I didn't know or wasn't familiar with or had never had a conversation with, I would do what I would need to do. I might let you take a lead, the lead a bit more because you would be bringing them on. Um, But at the same time, I would do what I have to because my experience, I'm comfortable here. I'm comfortable with you. And it's my job in a weird fucking way. I tell you what, if I bring Jason Momoa on the show, I'll take the lead. You can take the lead. I will let you take the lead with Jason Momoa. I don't know why. Don't find him attractive, right? No, no, that's not true. I find Jason Momoa very attractive. I just wanted to, I just wanted you to say that you didn't. So if he did come on and he listened to the show, he'd be like, well, if I have to fuck one of these two chubby girls, I'm going to fuck the one that said she loved me. (laughs) <laughs> okay. And the name of the book is Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. And it's by the author Susan Kane. And it's oh, a really, I've, really good book. I've she did a TED Talk. She did one of those TED Talks, and that's how I first heard about her. And she talked about introversion in it. And I went out and I bought her book and stuff like that. So um yeah, fantastic, fantastic read. But like it talks about all the different aspects of introversion and being able to speak in front of public is an easy, you know, is an unusual thing for an introvert to do, but it's not completely unheard of. And there's different variations on introversion and stuff like that. But yeah, that's just where I am. Uh, It's funny because I've chosen to do two podcasts, Mm -hmm. uh, although there may be a third coming because why not? make my time harder to have any free time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, so Aaron is very similar. He is literally like, I almost got the vibe. He didn't want to talk to me our last day there when mm-hmm. he, we went to meet up after mm-hmm. we were all getting ready to leave and stuff. And he was in the breakfast nook there at that very strange hotel. And <laughs> I came over to sit down with you guys. And I was like, Oh fuck. He doesn't, like me as a per like he was so introverted even after a couple of days of hanging with us that he still mm-hmm. wasn't always like super comfortable with us in his space mm-hmm. and now i'm like you're so fucking charming on our podcast and you're so like outgoing but it's just, it's it's similar to what you were saying basically so long mm-hmm. story short he's kind of the same way where he can get up in front of a room full of people and be in a play 
Mm-hmm. He can do a podcast, a live podcast in front of a huge fucking room of people. Mm-hmm. But just like one-on-one interaction with new people is where it's like, Whoa. And the thing is, is when you read about the introvert, the or read about introverts, they will tell you that one-on-one conversation is easier than being in a group of people, but it has to be meaningful conversation. It's that like, um, the whole bullshit, you know, type of shit that you can't do as an introvert, you know, that topical meaning nothing. Like you can get into a deep conversation one-on-one, but you know, oh, what did you think of the sports game yesterday? That's where we struggle. I don't know where the fuck that came from. But <laughs> so, oh, cause I was out with, oh, cause I was listening. Oh, cause I went to see Brad Williams last night and they were talking about football. So he was talking about football. So that's, you know, I sort of zoned out on that one a little bit. <laughs> it was such a genericized thing. Like, uh, I, I don't even know how to genericize that sentence anymore, but I want to, <laughs> I want to, because I want, I want to make a sticker that says like, what did you think about that sports game? But like, I need it to just be a little more generic. So it's, we're not quite there, but I, uh, that, that made my life much what better. What did you think about sports yesterday? <laughs> I, uh, uh, I actually enjoy sports. I just don't enjoy no. all of them. Yeah. You're not a football person, are you? Fuck football. No. <laughs> Fucking hate football. Oh my God. The I literally the last time I watched any football was the year the Eagles won their Super Bowl. And I only watched like the last few minutes just to be supportive of Ralph because I knew how much it meant. And before that, the last time I had watched was when the Broncos last won the Super Bowl to be supportive of my mother. Otherwise, that's all the football I've watched in probably the last 15, 20 years. I don't go to gay. I don't go to people's Super Bowl parties. I don't do any of that shit. It's very I can't upsetting. stand it. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of other people, mm-hmm. do you want to talk about going to see Brad Williams or shall I well, jump? Did, did we hear from anybody this week? Well, we did. Yeah, we have some voicemails, but I also heard you say you saw Brad Williams. So I didn't know if you wanted to talk about that. I'm joking oh, yeah, on so- my own spit. So. <laughs> so, yes. So I went to see Brad Williams last night. He played Caroline's on Broadway, which I love Caroline's on Broadway. I love Caroline's. So do I. It's great. Uh, and it was funny because I went with my friend, Stephanie. Stephanie is the one who sent you the stuff o- over the, I'm not, yeah. I was going to say Christmas, but it wasn't Christmas. So. Yeah, my red, my red Stormtrooper Target exclusive pop that I love. That's right. Yes. So we went to see him and uh, Caroline's on Broadway is obviously a comedy club. And we realized, because we uh, we had gotten like the Harlequin green tickets, VIP tickets or whatever, we had our assigned seats and we were literally one table over from the last time when we had gone there. And the last time we had gone there was um, to see Hollywood Babylon right after Ralph had gotten fired from K-Rock. So... Oh, uh, and we were like dead center for that show. So, you know, that was like the last time we had been there because of fuck COVID. But um, the show, so we get there, right? So we get there nice and early and we're sitting downstairs and Stephanie's getting ready to go outside to have a cigarette. And she's about to walk up the stairs and I see Brad Williams walking down, right? And it's, 
it's a little hard to miss him because he sort of stands out in a crowd in a weird way. Which is like the opposite. I feel like (laughs) it would be really hard to see him in a large crowd. So the entrance to, so to go to Caroline's, Caroline's is obviously on Broadway. Oh, and when we got there, because we ended up both parking in the same uh, parking facility, literally across the street was the big giant signs for the music man. So we're like, we want to be there. So um, then when you go into Caroline's, you walk down like a flight of stairs to go down to the basement where the the, the show is. And it's, you know, it's sort of like a roundish set of stairs. So we're sitting downstairs and she's getting ready to go up and we see Brad coming down, except I see him. I didn't think she did. So I was like, hey, Steph, look. And just as we see him coming down, there's this woman behind him. And all of a sudden she hear you hear her scream. And I'm going to try not to blow your eardrums out. Linda! And like the whole place like turns around and looks at her. And then she's like, Linda! Linda, look over here, Brad Williams, Linda, like screaming. He sort of says something, but I can't hear what he says because I am laughing so hard at the fucking ridiculousness of this whole woman because like the place A wasn't all that packed yet. B, she's so fucking loud and she sounds like that fucking stereotypical New Yorker that I fucking despise. And I'm laughing so hard. He turns and sees me laughing and he starts laughing and he walks away. Right. So now we go, we go into the theater when, you know, when they bring us in and we're sitting, we're having a nice time. And um, Stephanie goes out to have a cigarette. And she comes back in and she's like, they're fucking out there still. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, Linda! (laughs) This Linda bitch was out there still screaming about something, right? So I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, these fucking New Yorkers are embarrassing. So the show starts, he's fucking hysterical. I mean, he's just, I'm sure you've seen him live. Um, He is just a fucking blast to see. And at some point it was, you could see it was towards the end of the show. Cause I saw him last year. So like some of the show was the same, some of it wasn't. Um, but like, you could tell it was like wrap up time. And all of a sudden these w- women start screaming out, it's my birthday. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. <laughs> so he handles it, but like they keep going and you could see he's trying to get away from them. And they keep going and they keep going. And finally, he totally gets them, you know, like dismisses them. But I'm just like, these women are fucking horrible. It's my birthday. This is why we came here tonight. Linda! Like, it was so fucking bad. So bad. So now the show is over. He tells everybody he's going to stand outside, do autographs, pictures, the whole bit. So I am standing online. And there's these people in front of me. I don't know who they are at this point. I've got the couple who was sitting next to us behind us who were very, very nice. They were from Edison, New Jersey. He's a super in the building. Great. Really nice people. And then there's this other bitch who kept trying to cut in front of the lines. And so she's like, she start like, and we're living, leaving a little bit of space, but not six feet, you know? But it's like, you know, pretty close. And she starts to cut in front of us. And we're like, excuse me. She's like, oh, I just wanted to get online. And we're like, "Um, we are online. Get to the back. Literally, it's what I say. (laughs) Like, get to the back. 
So then she tries to stand behind us and the couple who was sitting next to us are standing behind us and they're like, we're on line two. So she gets behind them. Okay. I'm still sure she cut a few people, but now there's a group of women standing in front of me talking. And so at one point, Stephanie, and we're towards, you know, I mean, Stephanie has to go to the bathroom while we're online, right? So I'm waiting and these women in front of me start talking to me and I realize, you know who they are? Linda! (laughs) It's this group of women, right? So this one woman, she starts talking. She's like, you know, I'm not cutting the line. I'm handicapped and this, and I fell and I just want you to know. I'm like, okay. And I'm just shaking my head and I have my mask on so she can't see I'm smiling, but I'm just like, no problem. It's okay. You know, hey, my friend's in the bathroom too. No big deal. Whatever. Because there's people going in and out, in and out. I'm like, whatever. I'm not dealing with this nonsense. And she keeps going on and on and on. So now they finally get up front. They're taking their picture. The people who are directly in front of us, who were not part of this group of women, but you couldn't tell that because of the way these others were talking. They're, it's their turn. And now my Stephanie is still in the bathroom. So I turn to the nice couple behind us and I say, go in front of me. She's not back yet. So the fucking bitch who tried to cut the line tries to walk in front of me, right? Because like I'm just like, I'm going to let the whoever is directly behind me go until Stephanie gets there. But like once Stephanie gets back, I'm back in line, right? So the fucking cunt who tried to cut me off, who tried to cut in front of us earlier, when I let the, the nice couple in front of me keeps walking, I said, oh, hold on. I'm still in line. I'm waiting for my friend to get to the bathroom. Oh, well, it's I'm not doing anything. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm waiting for my friend. If she doesn't get back here in time, I will let you go in front of me. She's like, and she doesn't have her mask on. She's like, okay. And she's got that fucking fake ass grin. And she, you know, she's like cursing me out in her head, right? So now this couple, the nice couple, they're up there getting their picture taken. Like they're just about to the the they're about to be next to go get their pictures and stuff done. And fucking Stephanie's not back. I'm like, fuck, I gotta let this bitch go in front of me now. Mind you, the Lindas are still taking pictures. They're still making a mess out of themselves while Brad has already moved on to other people. <laughs> so I now have to let the line cutter cut and go in front of me. And of course, what happens like a minute later, Stephanie gets back. I'm like, I'm not dealing. Because like, I really want to just put her back again. I'm like, I'm just not dealing with her. I'm done with this bitch, right? So we go, we do our thing. We got Brad laughing. He's like, and then Stephanie was so excited. She didn't even know I did this because Stephanie's not on Twitter. We had taken a picture and I had uh, tweeted about it, about being at the show. And it was just a picture of me and Stephanie. So when we get up there, because Stephanie hasn't met him before, you know, she goes first, she's doing her thing. And he's like, and he turns, he goes, oh, I recognize you. Thank you so much for tweeting the picture. I recognize the picture. She's like, I didn't put a picture up and she has no clue what he's talking about. I'm like, yes, you did, Stephanie. He recognized you. You're good. You're good. You're good. Right. And she, he's like, okay. So she's going to buy a thing. And then she's like, oh, do you want one to me? And I'm like, yeah, sure. If you want to pay. And he's like, well, and then she turns and she says, well, what else did I work the poll for? And he starts laughing, right? So then we go to take the picture. So we take the picture. And at one point, as we're getting into the pose, she's like, I don't know what position I'm in. I'm having a hard time with these positions. And I'm like, since when have you ever had a hard time with the position in your life, Steph? You know? And he just turns off. He goes, I really like you girls. <laughs> so we go off. So now I have to go to the bathroom. Surprise, surprise. 
I go to the bathroom and I, it looks like there's a line. And who's in the oh, line? No. Oh, no. <laughs> Linda! And I'm just saying Linda, but it's that whole group because there's like six of them. And well, I go in, final. They're like, oh, we're not online. I'm like, then why are you blocking the entrance to the woman's room? So I go in. And one of them is completely wasted. And she's like, I can't stand up. They're like this. They're like the fall down drunk. So they're not, they're trying to get their one friend out of the one stall because she can't stand up. I'm like, fuck this. One of the stalls open. I go into the bathroom, into the stall. And as I'm going to the bathroom, they go, they open my door because the lock wasn't great. And I slam it back. And I'm like, uh, bitch, I'm still in here. And at this point, I have no patience left. So it's like, I'm not editing what's coming out of my mouth now. It's just like, bitch, I'm in here. So they're like, relax. It's no big deal. I'm like, shut the fuck up and get out of the fucking bathroom. (laughs) So I get out of the stall. I wash my hands. And this one woman, one of the women from the group. Oh, and her name was Jody. And I'll tell you why I know her name was Jody in a moment. Well, she goes and they're trying to lift her because she keeps falling on the floor in the bathroom. Throw her her away. Seriously. The handicapped woman's walking with the the, the cane and still yelling about being handicapped and whatever. And you got to watch the floor. And at this point, I wash my hands. I can't even bother to get a paper towel. I got to go out because I got to get away from these fucking cunts. Stephanie's trying to put, give me my cone stuff. I'm like, hold off. And I'm sitting there wiping my hands on my jeans. Like, this is a whole thing. So now we start having to walk up the stairs to go out. They got in front of us while I was drying my hands on my legs and getting my coat on. Somehow they got in front of us. And now we have to stand there and wait because we don't want to go behind them because we know if Jody falls again, she it's going to be like the fucking bowling pins and we're all going down. <laughs> and we like it took us like 10 minutes to get out this one flight of fucking stairs. And so Stephanie gets out the door. And what happens? Jody falls again on the fucking floor right in front of me. So her other friend is leaning against her, trying to pick her up there. And they're all chanting, Jody, 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 do it, Jody. You can do it, Jody. I mean, like, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? And they're talking about having to get on the bus. So now I'm trying to get out, but I can't get out because they're blocking the fucking door because they are all fucking wasted. And one of them's like, oh, you should let this nice patient lady go in front of us so she can get out. I go, you damn fucking right. You should. And I walked out the fucking door. (laughs) I'm like, I fucking hate drunk women like this. It's an embarrassment. The whole time you were telling me that story, I was just identifying living my (laughs) life at the anytime I went to the Ralph Report of Babylon at the Hollywood Improv because that bathroom is always full of drunk people. Mm-hmm. That bathroom is also where everyone goes to vape their weed during the show. Mm-hmm. And the handicapped stall seat hasn't been attached, I don't know, since I was in my, like, 20s. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you go in that stall and you're drunk, you fucking and for sure are going to end up on the floor. Because <laughs> if you put even just, like, the tiniest bit of weight, it's enough that your body shifts and you just eat shit. Like, sober, you can fall off that toilet mm-hmm. because 
And I don't know. I don't know. I've never owned a comedy club, mm-hmm. but I do think that toilet seats are probably like twenty bucks, and it probably unless the maybe the porcelain bit that holds the like the little mm-hmm. screw is. I don't know, but that toilet seat spends more time on the ground, as do the drunk people, than it does on the toilet. And so the whole time you're telling the story, I was imagining it all taking place in that bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Which also, when you said she was on the ground at one point, I said, throw her away. Because again, I'm picturing that space bathroom. I haven't been in Caroline's bathroom for like a hot second. So I don't remember how dirty or clean it is. But all mm-hmm. I can see is the filth of the Hollywood Improv bathroom. Yeah, no, Caroline's bathroom was surprisingly clean. Because I feel like it used to be scuzzy, but I feel like they must have remodeled it relatively recently. But yeah, I mean, like I was like walking over drunk people. It was fucking horrible. And like, you know, like sometimes I'm like, okay, is my aggravation because I am not a drunk person anymore? Or is it because these people are just really fucking annoying? And I'm like, maybe if I was drunk, it wouldn't bother me as much. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't know what the answer to that is because I drink and I hate mm-hmm. drunk people. So I don't think it's mm-hmm. I don't think the alcohol has anything to do with people being fucking irritating, but I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, Linda. Well, so speaking of uh, celebrities, mm-hmm. I think we should launch into our voicemails because one of our first callers is is a celebrity. Mm. So I'm going to, I'm going to play this. I am Cornholio. I need Dippy for my bunghole. I don't, I, you know, it hasn't been the, what, 90, early 90s for a while. So I'm not sure if that was Beavis or Butthead, but one of them called in for you in response to last week's episode. Yeah, so. fire. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> well, I thank was, you so much for calling in. I'm so glad celebrities are listening to our show. Yeah, I was legit like 13, 14 when that came out. So I don't know. It was one of the ugly boys that said the words that were on the t-shirts we wore without watching the show. Yes. Um, So there's that. You're welcome Mm -hmm. for that. And then our next voicemail, uh, I'm going to go ahead and play that for us as well. Okay. Hello, ladies. So this week's tally is coming to you from the fabulous Sin City of Las Vegas. And you had 183 fucks, but only two dicks, which is perfect for two of you. Anyways, I am unfortunately going to make this kind of brief because unfortunately we're not here for fun in Las Vegas, except for the fact that we did go to the Haunted Museum tonight to do ghost hunting, which is what we kind of need for distraction because of the events that unfolded this week, which Aaron, you know exactly what we're talking about. I'm sure you do too as well, Bridget, because of my wife's mother, unfortunately passing away due to COVID-19 and other circumstances. So we're trying to raise a little money to help with the funeral procession and well, more like just the services to have her cremated and stuff. So um, the link, if anybody wants to help, and I know she said she'd tweet this out is, G-O-F-U-N-D dot E-M slash six B as in Baker seven C-F nine one zero. So whatever, if you guys want to share that, that's awesome. If you guys can donate, that'd be great too. But I mean, just sharing is good enough for us and we appreciate the love and support that we'll get because of this and stuff. And um, I talked with Aaron personally today and I think 
the idea that we had about starting our own podcast might be something fun to do. And even the wife wants to get in on that. And maybe you can elaborate with Bridget on what we're talking about. But anyways, I'm going to keep this short as I possibly can, since you know me, I like to ramble on. So I just want to say thank you, ladies, both have a wonderful week. And this is Tally Man Taught Out. See ya. And by the way, a little bonus right here. My wife said I'm stupid for signing off like that because she's laughing at me as I'm recording this in the hotel room right now. Anyways, later. Bye. Oh, God. Victoria, we're so sorry for your family's loss. And we will be tweeting out the GoFundMe link for Todd. And we will also um, put it in the description for the episode. So you can take a look at that as well. Um, Absolutely. I'm so sorry for your loss. That's rough. It's fucking um, rough. Um, and yes, uh, Todd mentioned that you might be doing a podcast because as I don't know if I've mentioned to you, I'm, I'm slowly becoming my own unqualified podcast network, which just basically <laughs> makes my life harder each time someone says, well, this is fun. And I go, yeah, let's do it. And then I'm like, oh, but like hours in a day. Yeah, yeah it's tough. It's yeah. a tough one. But no, I mean, I think that would be fun uh, to do that. We still need to bring Todd on the show. I know we've talked about it, but like I, he was in the middle of Christmas. So I think we need to set up some time just to bring him on. Well, and I, so the thing he mentioned that he was going to in Vegas is the Zach Bagans um, haunted paranormal museum thingy. Yes. And uh, I've actually never been there, which is funny because my mom and dad have. Mm-hmm. So, wow, that's cool. And also, they, uh, Todd and his wife, Victoria, have been there quite a few times, I believe, but they went back for like a special nighttime investigation mm-hmm. because they're kind of in like a little paranormal group. And they uh-huh. have pretty legit paranormal tools and stuff. And so that's what we were talking about. So that's the little bit of fun they did, because even though they've got, you know, a bunch of stuff going on, when you have tickets to events at the Zach Beggins uh, Museum, they're non-refundable when it's a special event like that. So they decided mm-hmm. that, you know, even with everything going on, that they needed that like little win for themselves. So they're going to... Absolutely. Gonna- so we hope you had fun there. And then Todd, uh, you know, maybe you can tell us a little bit about it, or maybe we could finally have you come on for a little bit and tell us about it. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Totally mm-hmm. unapproved un, uh, by my co-host. So it's like when you ask your mom, if your friends can sleep over with your friends in front <laughs> of your mom, always a good idea. Always. But no, we have talked about having Todd on before. So it's not like it's a brand new idea and something that I wouldn't have an issue that I would have an issue with. So no, it totally makes sense. Cause listen, any, you know, we love our listeners. So, you know, and Todd has always been there for us from day one as have a bunch of others, but you know, he's tally man. He's our tally man. He became tally man because of us. So any riches he gets from being a tally man, he, I think he needs to kick back a few of those bucks to us. I used to I used to think that I was going to do incredible things on my own. And now mm-hmm. I've realized that being part of an adult is just being prepared to ride the coattails of other people's success with your limited talents you have. Yes, absolutely. And uh, my talents are so fucking limited. My talents consist of being able to say the word fuck a lot in so many different fucking ways. 
I always thought that my art would get me somewhere, but it mm-hmm. turns out that um, we may end up writing Italian Man Talks coattails to fame. You never know. And or just keep spending a considerable amount of money to do a podcast podcast mm-hmm. for our delightful fans. And yes. by fans, I mean our friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> friends and family, because I do have family who listens. <laughs> but again, I can't stress enough, Tom and Janet and uh, Mr. and Mrs. Folk, don't fucking listen to this shit. It's not for parents. Not suitable for work. Not suitable for parents. That's right. It is not. That is for damn sure. Anyway, well, we kind of have run a little long on our show, potentially. I mean, we're not at that magic hour mark that podcasts Mm -hmm. hope to be. Uh, But I thought maybe we could end the episode and just talk a little bit about what we've been watching. Because I know you mentioned you're watching some new stuff and I'm watching what was new to other people a while ago. So. So why don't you tell us about what you've been watching? Well, so I've been watching uh, Ted Lasso. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Oi, don't be such a fucking little prick. (laughs) I have have decided that I am actually Roy Kent. Like, Lady Roy Kent is what I will be going by from now on, because... I I think I might have to fight you for that title. I don't know. Here's the only reason I think I win, and I did, we kind of mentioned this pre-show, but I got the grunts to back it up. I make the weird Roy Kent, like, (laughs) noises all the goddamn time. In fact, I even do, I'm, if if there was a fight for Tina from Bob's Burgers, I legitimately (laughs) sometimes go, (laughs) so, uh, I'm just saying I might I might win that uh, award. And then I can't say the name of this show because I don't know it, but it's something like the woman in the window looking at the girl in the window across the street or I'd, some long Did fucking thing. Did you watch thing. it? I watched, I've, heard, I've heard good things. I watched the whole thing. It is a satirical look at those like thriller films where like uh see, like did you ever see Secret Window with uh Johnny Depp? No. Okay. Uh or well Rear Window would be a more yes, applicable that I have seen. So it's but it's like a satirical like reimagining of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So like everything's just like a little extra. Okay. But it's like subtle. It's not okay. a melodrama by any means. But mm-hmm. if you really like break down each episode you're like it's like a little bit extra, like a little <laughs> more than a thriller should be. But I, I honestly, the first episode I watched it and I was like, I'm not, I don't, why is this weird? And then as I watched it, I was like, oh, they're being so subtle mm-hmm. with the satirical aspect of it that it was playing like the world's worst <laughs> version of a thriller but I I really liked it and they kind of you know left it moderately open to maybe have another another episode yeah the name of it is is the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window yes and um I you know I in my group text with my girls out here um they've all watched it and they've all told me it was fantastic my problem is is i don't always agree with their taste so i'm always just like 
well, but I'll give it a shot. I'll give a fuck. If I don't like it, I turn it off. I think if you started watching it, mm-hmm. it you hang in through episode one. Because episode okay. one, I was like, I do, do I like this? Mm-hmm. I like this. Do I? I think I right. is this This is good. Right? <laughs> so uh, hang in there. Because with the episode two, you're like, oh. oh. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's... I thought it was fun, and uh, I would I would watch it if they decided to make a second season of it. So, um, but that's what I've been watching. How far into Ted Lasso are you? I am about halfway through season two, I think. Oh, cool! So you're so, almost caught up. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> oh God! Yesterday, I was talking uh, to my mom and dad about something, and Abby breathed on me with her like 12 year old mm-hmm. dog breath of death and i said okay we're gonna go to 10 doors in my neighborhood <laughs> and see if we can find a dentist and if we can't <laughs> i'm gonna give all of you a thousand pounds and my parents watched ted lasso like when it first happened mm-hmm. so they're looking at me like what and abby's like my mom's saying words. How fun! <laughs> so I only entertained myself, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm all in. I'll probably finish the series. Uh, oh, easily tomorrow, easily. So. And it's a good, it's a good quick watch, and it's fun. It's it's such a good show. And I held back on it for a while, mainly because I fucking hate Apple, and it's on Apple TV. So, um, you know, conveniently, somebody forgot to sign out of an account on my TV. <coughs> so I watched it that way. I feel I feel so much anger towards Olivia Munn for leaving mm-hmm. Jason Sudeikis. And I don't mm. even care who cheated. He's just so, I love him. I know. I don't know who cheated in that someone right. cheated and they broke up. And we don't yeah. know who. And I hope it wasn't him. But he's just so fucking he makes me want to get up in the morning and be a better person the way he plays Ted Lasso. And I just. Did just you ever him. see a good old fashioned orgy with him? No. Oh, my God. You have to see it. It's. Oh, you know what? I've got an idea. Why don't we do an episode? Maybe not next week, but maybe another week where we each watch a movie that the other one recommends and then we talk about it. OK. All right. You know. And we right. and but but the other has to rewatch it also just to remember because you know me that shit goes right out of my fucking head. But yeah. I loved a good old fashioned orgy. So um, oh. I'm not saying it's the greatest movie in the world, but I just love Sudeikis. I think he is just so incredibly charming. And I don't watch SNL anymore. I only watch SNL if there's like a really interesting host, and even then I'm just like, eh. But um, when he did the show earlier this year, I made sure to watch it. Like, I mean, that's how much I enjoy his performances. There's something about him that just comes across as so incredibly friendly. He, he just feels like a regular guy. And I love that. I love that. I mean, because like Horrible Bosses. I mean, you saw yeah. Horrible Bosses, right? I loved him in that. Like everything I end up watching him in, I thoroughly enjoy. He's just He's just so lovely. Mm-hmm. I just love him. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I, I think. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I do. I, I just yeah. Check out a good old fashioned orgy. I think that's a good idea, and I'll come up with uh, something to tell you to watch. Okay, um, cool. But I think next week we're gonna 
devote part of the time to and just like that. So yeah. it won't be yeah, next we'll week. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week. I got to make sure I'm all prepped for that one. I'll rewatch it happily. All 10 episodes. Yeah, I'll rewatch it too. Begrudgingly. I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Kevin and Mark. <laughs> Kevin Smith like, and Mark. For yep. yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, well, but so you've been watching something with one of my older male crushes. Yes. I've been watching 1883, which is actually a prequel to the show um, Yellowstone. And I watched, you know, it's, I don't even know why I started watching it. I heard, I guess I must've read good things about it. And I've ne- I tried to watch Yellowstone once and like the very first scene, they have the Kevin Costner character has to put an animal out of his misery and I don't think I was prepared for that, even though I know that's reality and that's actually a good thing to do that in a weird sort of way. Um, but I started watching 1883. I don't think I realized when I started watching it that it was a prequel to Yellowstone. And I begrudgingly started watching it because Tim McGraw was in it. I did not know his wife, Faith Hill, was in it as well. And it turns out they are the stars, basically, of this show. And yet I am fucking sucked into this show. And it's, you know, it, it, it's the story of a group of people, you know, trudging through across the country to, you know, make a home for themselves in 1883 and um, going through covered wagons and all of that stuff. The cinematography is absolutely stunning. Your dude, Sam Elliott, looks still looks good in it. And he is a all major right. player. I'll ride that mustache. Oh, yes, you will. Gross. He's got Gross. that mustache. It's too far. I went too far. <laughs> the national treasure. I went too far. <laughs> Wouldn't stop me from saying it. Um, Faith Hill's not the greatest of actresses, but like even with them being in it, I'm enjoying the show. And it's really just like each episode is like just a part of the trek across country for these people to make their homes. And you see them going through the... um all the treachery that it took to get across country. I mean, the most recent episode, which is episode seven dropped today and they had to deal with the tornado. They're oh. going across country in covered wagons and a storm comes and there's a tornado. I mean, it was just like wild. And like, I think what really sucked me in is my great grandmother was born in the late 1890s and she was born in um, Missouri And she eventually settled and died in Wyoming, but she went to Oklahoma first, and then she was in Wyoming, then she was in Nebraska, and then she went back to Wyoming where her children were. She ended up in Nebraska because of her um, second husband who was had a farm in Nebraska, in Stockville, Nebraska, which I think has a population of like 80 some odd people. And I'm not exaggerating. Um, it's a one lane town and the state fair is held there. And like there was an art, there was like a thousand people there for the state fair or something like that. It's like crazy. But like, I remember when I was a little girl, my grand, my great grandmother, her, her name was Bertha Collins. That was her birth name. She married a Purdue and then a Hengler. And, but she told me the story of she, like one of her earlier memories is traveling cross country in a covered wagon. Right. And like, you know, my mother has her butter, her butter churn, you know, like the old fashioned butter churns, right. That she used to use on the farm. And, you know, I have 
the amount of Afghans that I have that my great grandmother made me is like insane. But I have one of her mother's quilts that she had made. Mm. So like, I mean, this is a quilt that was made in the 18 fucking hundreds that I own. Right. And it is the warmest fucking blanket ever. If like the power goes out, I'm not worried because I got this fucking quilt, you know, but like watching this and, you know, Obviously, you know, my great grandmother probably traveled in the early 1900s because she remembered it. So, you know, I mean, unless it was a memory from when she was like three, which would have probably been in 1900. But like realizing how tough these people were and what they had to go through to make these new lives for themselves. And obviously, this is a dramatic taking. But like you read enough of the stories about what these people went through. It's not too far off the mark. And like, you know, they all had to be these tough, they had to take care of themselves. I mean, in a world where they didn't know what was going to happen, they didn't have fucking GPS to get there. You know, the, the show has like um, the companies that used to ride with the immigrants to find their new homes, you know, encountering Native Americans I mean, my, I remember speaking with my great grandmother. We knew we were, I, I knew I was part Native American and I tried to find out what tribe. And my, I remember my great grandmother telling me, and I don't remember if it was her mom or if it was her grandmother, but like you didn't ask those questions back then because it was deemed to be an embarrassment, you know? So like it was such a different world and such a different life. And I'm fucking sucked into this show. And I'm annoyed because it's starring Tim McGraw and Faith Hill, yet I can't stop fucking watching it. And I will be watching Yellowstone and I will now know that the horse is going to get shot and I'll be okay with it and I'll be able to move on. But like, you know, my mother's told me stories of when she would go visit my great grandmother on the farm and just watching my great grandmother swinging the chicken by its neck to its until it snapped and then dropping the chicken in the water, the boiling water. So the feathers would come off. I don't yeah. want that life. Yeah. And like, I remember, um, my thought, my mother, grandmother on my father's side was only a few years younger than my great grandmother. Cause my great grandmother's from my mother's side. And they were, I think it was my high school graduation that they were together and they were sitting there talking and they were telling the stories of the things that they had seen over the years. And like, when you think about it, like my grandmother was born around 1900, 1903, maybe 1905, somewhere real, real early. She had watched modern lights go out, go onto the streets. Cause like my father would tell you about having to do charcoal to put the, get the street lamps going, right? That radio, television, the movies, man on the moon. I mean, all of these fucking things. And like, you know, like my father even tells me stories about what Long Island used to look like compared to what he dealt with. And then I look at my, and then like my great grandmother, my grandmother are talking about these things. And here was a woman who went, uh, remembers going across country on a covered wagon, having gotten to watch a man go on the moon. I mean, like, it's just, it's just amazing. But this show is fucking sucking me in. It's just totally sucking me in. And I might even tell my mother about it. And I will also not tell her about Tim McGraw and Faith Hill, because that'll turn her off also. Honestly, it's the only reason I haven't started it yet, because I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch slow. that. It's a little on the slow side, but like you get sucked in, or at least I have. So yeah, that's what I've been watching. Well, what's interesting is when we're, if you're looking at, this is kind of a bird walk, but um, if it, that analogy of, first of all, out here where I live, there is obviously part of the Oregon Trail. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, so the, in Oregon City is the end of the Oregon Trail. And there's like a, an, an Oregon Trail Interpretive Center or something. It's not mm-hmm. called actually like a museum. But one of the things they make you do is load a covered wagon mm-hmm. with all your supplies because they look big on your TV. They look big in your brain. Mm-hmm. But they were very small. <laughs> you had a whole family and all these supplies and they were not comfortable to ride in. And it was it was hard. And so they may they give you time. They give mm-hmm. you like a time. Like I think you have mm-hmm. like twenty or thirty minutes and they're like, Okay, load the wagon so it fits and you fit in it. Mm-hmm. And it's real it's difficult. And then in addition to that, you know, think about modern people who are like, oh, I can't go to work. I have a migraine. Mm-hmm. They're like, my <laughs> sister died of fucking dysentery yesterday and Pa got bit by a fucking rattlesnake and he might lose his leg, but we got to push on because winter's coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, very yeah. different circumstances than our, our incredibly first world problems we all have now. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Have you ever read... Uh, uh, the annotated version, the Laura Ingalls Wilder initially wrote an actual story of what happened crossing. I have not read it. And then, okay, so they took it to a publisher and the publisher was like, this would be great for children. Let's take mm-hmm. all the like rape and death and sickness and scary Indian shit out and turn it into these books. And it was still an accurate depiction of portions of their life. Right. Well, she and her daughter had created this, like, annotated version of Mm -hmm. the original Little Alice on the Prairie manuscript with the shit, like, in the side. So you're reading Mm -hmm. the original book, and then you go over and you read the excerpts they had to take out and stuff. Right. And uh, it is, it's fucking intense. Yes. Very intense. Very. I believe it. I mean, it's like, I'm looking at the show and, you know... There's a scene where one person gets attacked and, you know, almost raped until somebody shoots that person. Um, there's another scene where they're cr- ca- uh, crossing a river and it's a woman and her two children and one of the children drowned and they had to keep going. And you see them just burying the bodies and they show a scene where a woman goes to squat to go to the bathroom and she gets bit on the ass by a rattlesnake and dies. Like, just sick, sick stuff. The constant, constant, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A threat that the women were under by the men in the area. You know, it's just, it's, we think we have it bad now. We have no fucking clue. And it's like things like this that make me wish I had appreciated my great-grandmother more when she was alive and that I had gotten to hear and actually truly listen to those stories. There's a, um, yeah, I didn't ever know any of my great grandparents at an age that I was old enough to hear and remember mm-hmm. the stories, but, uh, uh, same, I would like to know. And I know it's a TV show, but there's an episode of Little House on the Prairie that is like one of my favorites because it's drama. It's, it's a drama show mm-hmm. for, you know, ma- families, uh, families, but there's this one episode where the mom, Caroline, is at home alone. The uh, Pa is working in the city because they're poor and they need the extra income. She's left there to like tend the farm and take care of it. An Indian shows up at the house and like 
wants food or something. He doesn't like attack or anything because this was like a nighttime show for mm-hmm. families. But um, that happens. She's out there like watering these crops and stuff. And in the process, somehow, I don't remember how, but she gets a cut on her leg and she makes one of those like, what is it, poultice, poultice or whatever out of bread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And puts it on her leg. And while she's trying to keep the farm from, you know, totally dying in this drought, she also gets this crazy fever and her leg gets infected and she almost dies. And it's like, it seems so intense. And mm-hmm. if you watch that today, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm fucking. No, really, like that should happen. <laughs> like, yeah. You thought, oh, I know, uh, this bread thing, I put it on my leg, and it should, you know, pull the stuff out. But you don't know that it's already gotten infected. I mean, even Abraham Lincoln, he died Mm -hmm. because too many people were touching his head. His bullet wound wasn't actually uh, bad enough to kill him, but everyone was, like, poking at the hole with their fucking fingers (laughs) and shit. Like, (laughs) that you know they hadn't washed after they had been holding their dick in the bathroom that probably had herpes, you know, or gonorrhea or syphilis. Yeah, Yeah, it's uh, Seth MacFarlane fit it, or fit it. Hi, I'm Aaron. (laughs) I know how to talk. Seth MacFarlane hit it on the head with his million ways to die in the West. Because literally everything in that early America will Mm -hmm. and would kill you. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, I got stuck watching that. I got suckered into it and I can't stop watching. So I'm I'm very intrigued by it. And, it, you know, and it, I ended up going on a deep dive, like looking up my great grandmother. And then I looked up my uncle Elmer, which is her son, my grandmother's brother. And, you know, and I knew about it, but I did a little bit more reading. My uncle Elmer, obviously, actually, he was born in Oklahoma, but he was raised in Wyoming, but moved out to L.A. in, you know, the 40s right before my grandmother moved out there and he was big in the sci-fi world. And like, so I'm reading, like, if you looked up my Elmer Purdue, you would see all this stuff with this sci-fi shit that he did. And here's another man. And there was a picture on one of these like fanpedia pages or something. And it's, you know, totally, it's like a Wikipedia for sci-fi geeks and stuff. And there's a picture of him and I'm like, holy shit, that's Uncle Elmer. And I'm like, wow, he was actually pretty handsome. And then they had a current picture of Uncle Elmer. And it really wasn't the current picture because when he died, he looked like Howard Hughes at the end. You know, he had that look. And but like he, you know, he knew Ray Bradbury. Like he was all involved in the early organizations of these cons and stuff like that. And like I was just truly starting to get involved in that world when he passed away. So there's, you know, the other, it's like, so it's just, it's bringing up all that old family stuff there too. But this show, listen, it's, it's a slow move. It's not fast, but it also makes sense because it took a fucking while to travel this type of distance. So it's just, it's definitely worth the watch. You can ignore Faith and Tim. All right. Well, but she does sing in it and she actually sounded good. I mean, I don't think she's not a good singer. I just don't know if I want to stare at her face for that. Yeah, no, I don't know st- why I don't like her. It's totally uh, unwarranted, un, mm-hmm. uh, undeveloped. It's a. It would be a poor plot point if this was a film. Yes. <laughs> There's no backstory. <laughs> I just don't particularly like her. And mm-hmm. I like Tim McGraw a little bit more, I guess, because I'm mm-hmm. indifferent to him. I don't know. Right. It's, 
anyway. Well, hey, uh, I think that the takeaway here is that you guys should watch cool shit and tell us about it. And also, hug your hug your grandparents if they're still Talk around. Talk to them. Talk to them. Talk Hear them. those stories. Cause record them. Record the stories. Record them. Yep. Yeah. Because one day you'll want to know about them. Absolutely. Well, I think that's going to do it for us today, kids. I think so. So where can they find us? You can find us at Instagram at Bicoastal Biatches. We have our Facebook group, which is also Bicoastal Biatches. On Twitter, we're at Bicoastal, B-I-O-T-C-1, or just search for the Bicoastal Biatches, and you'll find us. You can also email us at Bicoastal at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can leave us a voicemail on the Anchor app. And where can they find you, Erin? I am on Twitter and Instagram as T-O-A-O Turtle. And I can be found at Bridget F-A, F is in Frank, A is in Apple on Twitter. Twitter and Instagram. So join the bitch brigade and don't forget to tell your friends about us. We'll keep talking if you'll keep listening. Bye. Bye. Here they are, just two bikers of girls. Living life in a podcaster world. We think it's really sucks.